0: Ortiz fights it off center field. Damon running to the plate. And he can keep on running to New York. Back to full. Red Sox fans have longed to hear it. The Boston
1: Red Sox
2: are world champions.
0: I can't circle. I don't have my telestrator today. But what? here comes a pizza. See it?
2: <laughs> this is our fucking city. And nobody's going to be our freedom. Stay strong.
1: All right, it's episode 1, I think. I don't know what episode number to call it. It like one suggests that it's a new podcast. I guess it's a new it's a new chapter. It's a new chapter, it's a new era of this Red Sox podcast uh at DraftKings now. Uh it things things are a little bit different, but they're kind of the same at the same time. Uh I know a lot of I'm just going to... I feel like we can't get sued for saying it. I mean, it, it did exist. It is a thing. A lot of Section 10 listeners have a lot of questions about things that took place, things that are happening in the future. People... I mean, I got... By the way, I appreciate all the tweets and messages and everything from people saying, uh, where's Section 10? Is it coming back? Like, Why haven't you said anything? To the people that understood that I couldn't say anything, thank you. Uh, For the people that... Did not understand that. Like, what the fuck? Like, obviously, obviously, I wasn't just going to be like, all right, yep, section 10's over. We're not going to address it. We're just going to move on with our lives and nothing. We're never going to talk about it ever again. Like, that's that's an asinine uh, mindset to have. Of course, I was going to address it when I could. Uh, I'm going to say as much as I can in this first episode because I I do want to talk about the Red Sox. Like, that's why you're here. That's why we're here. Uh, I will introduce everyone that's on this show uh, because this is the biggest section ten roster. Uh, I see, I said section 10. I don't, I don't fucking know what this show's called. (laughs) This, this Red Sox podcast. I don't know what it's called. It's the biggest roster that we've ever had on this Red Sox podcast. Um, so here's the deal. Uh, we don't, we don't know if we can call it that thing. We don't, we don't know if we can call it that yet. We're still, we're still in limbo, I guess, with like the naming rights, uh, we we threw around some some candidates for new names that were kind of of the same ilk. Uh, so we we'll, I mean, with the season coming, we kind of just ran out of time in terms of a resolution. We we wanted to launch the show. We didn't want to, we didn't want to launch a, a new Red Sox podcast on you know fucking May third and be like, hey, we're here. Uh, so we're starting the show now because the season's starting. But, um, I I wanted to keep that same section ten tone with this show which is why we went we went back in time and we brought back our dear friend pd analytics peter pumpkins
2: pete blackburn pete blackburn is back hey jared thanks for having me jared also i'd like to point out that i was i was the first to announce that this show is coming back that is true (laughs) on april 1st Pete
1: texts me. He's like, "It's April Fool's Day. If I tweet this out, no one's gonna believe me." So I was like, "Yeah." I mean, I and no one really did. There was like one person that was like, "They're hiding in plain sight." But yeah, no. For the most part, no one believed you. Uh, so Pete is back on the show, uh, and then I I also wanted to bring back one of one of my dearest friends who uh, didn't wish me a happy birthday, even though I sent out a very thoughtful, uh, heartfelt birthday tweet for him on his birthday. Uh, did not acknowledge my birthday whatsoever, privately, publicly, in any in any fashion, electronically, uh, verbally, um, in any written form. Uh, Pat Light's back. <laughs> you want to say a few things,
0: Pat? Not particularly. No. This is okay. Just, all right. A- as per usual with you.
1: Yeah. Okay. Um. So Pat Light is is returning to the show. Uh, also returning, uh, I feel like this is like when they they pause the concert and they and they're like, all right, yeah, and on and on drums. <laughs> um- so uh, the producer of this show, as is the producer on Baseball is Dead, which is the new MLB podcast that I'm doing with Dallas Braden. You remember him. Uh, we're also doing it with uh, my favorite baseball YouTuber, Baseball Doesn't Exist, Joey from Baseball Doesn't Exist. So check out that show as well. Jake is producing that. And Jake is back to produce this unnamed Red Sox podcast. Welcome back, Jake. Appreciate it, Jared. Yeah, drafting's gave me a job. And that's awesome because... I love
2: having a job. <laughs> jobs yeah,
1: having, are cool, a job's mm-hmm. having a job great. Having a job is great. Congratulations to Jake on the job. Uh, and then I was like, okay, I'm looking at the roster here, and I was like, all right, Pete, he doesn't watch baseball at all. Uh, and then Pat is, you know, he has big Sams, and he's got uh, McSwilbos, and he's got Green Rock. I was like, he's he's got to be busy. I mean, he he watches baseball, he watches some games, uh, but 162, like that's a little bit of a, a tall task for for Pat to be able to to undertake. So we need someone that's that's going to watch 162. So enter Tyler. Milliken of 98.5, the Sports Hub, Beal and Zoe. He's, uh, is it associate producer? Associate producer, yep. Associate producer. And I mean, I, I obviously see your Red Sox tweets. You, you're you you're like live tweeting fucking spring training games like their World Series Game 7 games. It's, it's
3: incredible. I'll tell you the truth. I'm the worst. Like, I, I'm tweeting everything, anything you can find spring training. Like, I'm blowing up Twitter feeds. Just about everyone at 98.5 has told me they muted me, but... Listen, this is the place to be if you're into Red Sox, you want to talk baseball, and that's what I do. Uh, Felger he says I've killed baseball. I'm the one kind of pushing that direction. So here I am. Hopefully I have a better impression on everyone.
1: I'm excited that you're here. I'm excited that you're here. And you know what? It's an endearing term to me. Uh, but what I said to Pete, I was like, we need a nerd. We need a nerd. We need someone that's going to be by the numbers. We need to be, to see someone that is going to be watching all the games. And, I, you know, you are uh,
3: it's the Blumenati. Yes, that, that's what I've been uh, considered the leader of.
1: OK, so you're the leader of the Blumenati, which obviously we love Heim Bloom on this show. Uh, he's he was on Section 10. I'm sure we'll have him on this program as well. Uh, and, and I feel like you're also one of those guys. You're, you're not afraid to, to criticize and come at someone that isn't exactly performing well. Whereas I, uh, make
3: excuses. I respect that. Me? No. You know, if I see something wrong and I've gone at it with McCarthy or wherever it may be, some call me a Red Sox Bobo. You can say whatever you want, but if I see a problem or if I see something, I'm going to say it every single time because that's what we do. If you're not going to go and call someone out or criticize them, what's the fun in it?
1: I, I agree with you. Where Where are you from? I'm from Brockton, born
3: and raised. Brockton,
1: Brockton, the Brockton Rocks.
3: Yep, that, that's out where to I started. Oil Can Boyd, yeah, Ugh. all those different guys that came through, and you know, you go there, you get those free tickets in elementary school, middle school, and go and have a good time. That's where it all started.
2: I was a North Shore Spirit guy myself. Mm, respect. North Shore respect. Spirit. Where were they, Lynn? Yeah. Uh. Right. I think. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Sounds right. They're in Lynn, and then. Pat played for the Red Sox. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Pat, Pat's having a tough day. I mean, this is gonna. I'm gonna spend this entire episode. I give you my word, Pat. I'm not gonna make fun of you. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say anything mean. I'm here to lift you. I'm here to lift your spirits.
0: Uh huh. Just like that great birthday tweet you sent about.
1: I hey, at least I fucking sent one.
0: Asshole. First all, I texted you privately. No, you didn't.
2: Do we have receipts? Do we have receipts? Yeah, do we have you ever see? Maybe hmm. a
0: couple days late.
2: That doesn't count. Oh,
0: that doesn't. You, you, know, like you te-
2: can You can't say said happy birthday to you. Oh, but I missed your birthday. My bad.
1: <laughs> Pat Pat Light texted me
3: today. <laughs> <laughs> Good timing i knew this was happening <laughs> i
1: hey listen i'm not i'm not mad about it it's just that i don't know i wouldn't forget your birthday you know that's all mm-hmm. i wouldn't i wouldn't forget your birthday i wouldn't do that i wouldn't do that to you but i, I don't care i don't i don't even like birthdays
0: so it looks like we're all set then <laughs> <laughs> oh the crazy thing about Pat
1: and and his involvement in this show is that it feels like you've been here for a long time. You've you've never gotten to do a podcast while a, a baseball game was played. Correct.
0: I started in November, didn't I? Yeah. Yeah. No baseball in any time. And once spring training started up, you were like, nah, we're not doing this anymore." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I had to talk about fucking shipwrecks for an hour and a half. Oh, it, yeah. yeah it's too much
1: well here's the thing you're not getting out of pat's 12 pack um you know we are we are we're in talks with with different sponsors um the good thing is i think at where i was before we got in trouble for making up sponsors different names of different sponsors uh, i don't they haven't told me we couldn't do that at DraftKings. so uh stop and shop look ahead we'll have that uh I feel like Pat's Twelve Pack. I don't know who's sponsoring it, but Pat's Twelve Pack, uh you know what? Because because it was your birthday and as it was my birthday, I'm in a I'm in a I'm in a jolly mood because of that I won't make you do Pat's Twelve Pack for the twelve what was it, Western European Gothic churches? <laughs> hmm Yeah, so we can we can wait until next week uh to do that. Um, but mm-hmm. when we do get there, I'm very excited to see. I mean, you've had a long time to kind of come up with the list, but I feel like you're probably just like polishing it and mulling over the top three. Of course, at this point.
0: I mean, there's so many to choose from, so I really <laughs> want to. I don't want to upset the people that they waited this long.
1: Right, I and a lot this. of people. A lot of people have waited a long time. I know that I've waited a long time. Um, Jake specifically, he texts me about it almost every day. He's like, "Do you do you think that Pat has completed his?" his top 12 list of, mm. of gothic style churches in, in Western Europe. And I was like, I bet my fucking life that that's what Pat has been been up to this entire time during the layoff, which by the way, what a stressful time. What a str- I, can I just acknowledge that really quick? What a stressful fucking period in my life to, that was probably the longest period of time. I think I've gone without creating Red
2: Sox content since I was like a sophomore in high school. It is uh, it is pretty serendipitous that it just completely lined up with the MLB lockout. You were like yeah. in between jobs and there was just absolutely nothing happening in baseball because nobody was working.
1: Yeah. It, it felt very much like uh, high school baseball tryouts when it was like, all right, now we're going to do suicides. You all have to sprint on the basketball court up and down. And I was like, actually... I'm having an asthma attack, so I'm not going to partake in that. And I wouldn't have to do it. And it was great. And it was like, all right, MLB lockout. There's literally nothing to talk about. And it's like, ah, contract dispute. I can't, I can't, can't do anything. Sorry. I wish I could, but I cannot. Um, How old are you, Tyler? Soon to be
3: 24.
1: Soon to be 24. When's your birthday that Pat's not going to wish
3: you a happy birthday on? Um, Next month, May 11th. Can't May wait. 11th, Pat. Write that down. Can't wait. Please. Please, Pat. I yeah, do, unfortunately, right. being as young as I am, a lot of people make fun of me for it. I didn't experience the 2004 championship. I was six years old. I didn't actually get to enjoy that. You know, I can't even remember it. I wasn't mentally or mentally conscious until I was about 10. So, I'm 2007 was of... really my first one.
1: When I was six years old, that was what? 1995? Yeah, 95. I mean... I... I mean I don't remember 95 the Red Sox won the division and that was when Movon was was riding the horse which which spawned an idea for a bar that Pat's going to buy in Boston um but yeah I don't I don't really I don't remember 95 so that is fucking weird you don't remember 2004
3: I've gone back and I've done my research. Like, uh, you know, I know what happened, but I just woke up in third grade one day. Like that—that's where <laughs> Tyler Milliken started, and I've kind of been going ever since. So that's
1: nuts. I guess I guess you you're like the like we're the fucking old guys now, which is weird. Like Pat,
2: you're what thirty one? Thirty one, yeah. Pete, you're thirty two. Thirty, even about to be thirty one. Pat, my 31. birthday is June twenty fifth. Write it down.
0: Okay, on it. <clears throat> on it right there can't, one, can't
2: wait for my birthday text on june 28th
0: <laughs> <laughs> i'll be the only one that day that's true
1: <laughs> the jake you're, you're what you're like 23 24 24 yeah so we have like so do you not remember 2004 either i vaguely remember um like i don't remember specifics until i like go back and watch it but like vaguely that's crazy. That's crazy. We're, we're old now. We're, we we're actually old people now. Like when we talk about 2004, it's like, well, back in my day, Dave Roberts would have just fucking stole the bag when everyone knew he was going. <laughs> now they just fucking, they just stand there at first base. That's crazy to think that there, there's a whole generation of Red Sox fans who will be listening to uh, the most downloaded Red Sox podcast in the world. And have no idea about, I mean, you have an idea about 2004, but just no recollection
2: of 2004. Just adult Red Sox fans that don't remember the 2004 championship. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just going to go lay down in traffic. It's fine. Yeah. I mean,
1: I was (laughs) sorry, guys. I I feel like like we're the perfect age to have experienced the Red Sox greatness in terms of the run because sophomore in high school you get the first one freshman in college i get the second one uh i think i i graduated college for the third one after my seventh year of college and then the fourth one i was in like the middle of a of a run at bar school like i don't feel like that i can't i don't know how you can top that in terms of being mentally present if i was six for 2004 i i'd be very upset yeah, you should like, be upset both of you
3: <laughs> like you just said your timeline like 2007 i'm in elementary 2013 i'm a sophomore in high school 2018 i'm in college it's rough it's a different life it is rough yeah i'm like
1: yeah i got my high school one i got my college one i got my barstool one and then you're like yeah i got my fucking kindergarten one got my elementary school one that can't be fun that my big regret ball. is
2: that I was like a little bit too young to appreciate the Patriots' first Super Bowl, but like I can't really complain because that's right. That's why I, I saw like my five first more titty. after that. Oh, you yeah, the parade? Yeah, I remember the story. <laughs> yeah,
1: Bruschi. Yeah, yeah, it was great. We were down at a government center, and some dude like put a girl on his shoulders, and she just lifted up her fucking Teddy Bruschi jersey. I was in seventh grade. She had these. Big old milk jugs and that well, was that was the first time I ever saw one in real life.
2: Well, I mean the fact that it was your first titty means that you were also like pretty young. You're just you're like a little bit older than me, so you do remember it. I mm-hmm. vaguely remember the Patriots first Super Bowl. I just didn't really I guess <laughs> I didn't like it didn't register how like important it was. Yeah. Or like how like how how like crazy it was that they won that Super Bowl. It was very improbable. Yes. Are you a Giants fan, Pat?
0: Yeah, I guess. I don't really care about football. I care about the Giants because it makes my bar more money. Uh, but other <laughs> than that, don't really care.
1: Which bar does it make more money? All of them. Well, not, of them.
0: not Not Big Sam's. Big, yeah, Big I was going to say, people... It's not reliant upon the Giants.
1: People that go to Big Sam's are there for the sushi. They're not there for the football. Correct. What TV else do they like at Big Sam's?
0: Big Sam is the main attraction. You know, we yeah. we, love, we love Big Sam over there. Yeah, really, they're there for really the
1: sushi and the ambiance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And how the, would you the, how would you describe the ambiance of Big Sam's?
0: Uh, well, if we're going off history with you and our dear friend Coley, uh, mm-hmm. racism apparently <laughs> well, is the ambiance. Yeah, <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. People, I mean, people had questions about Coley. Um I feel like that one was obvious. I don't know why there was ever a question about that i mean he's still he still works at barstool i I don't it sucks I love Cole he's one of my best friends in the world um but, but he texted you on your birthday immediately <laughs> twelve <laughs> couldn't have been twelve am <laughs> yeah on the on the dot happy birthday pal and I was like god damn it feels good to have a friend that remembers your birthday <clears throat>
0: well that's it for episode one guys (laughs) happy to have everyone here
1: (laughs) um yeah so uh i you can't tell because the background behind me um but i moved i I moved out of saugus which i never thought was ever going to happen i don't live in saugus massachusetts anymore uh i saw so someone someone tweeted me uh, the day that Steve launched uh, his podcast, and they were like, Steve's the man of the people now, and blah, blah. I was like, You can't be any more man of the people uh, when you live at, F- I, I live inside Fenway Park now. I'm basically, I live inside Fenway. So that's, that's where I'm going to be living. Uh, I don't know how, I mean, like, I did city life in New York City and I hated it, but I feel like Boston is not the same experience that New York is whatsoever. It's just way more neighborhood friendly. I mean, When you were, uh, when you got called up, Pat, were you living in a fucking hotel or were you commuting Mm -hmm. from, you were in the uh, Hotel Commonwealth? Yeah. That's usually where they're, yeah. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. How is is hotel living?
0: I like hotel living. I don't mind it. People clean up after me. Uh, (laughs) The only thing I I don't like all that much is the living out of a bag because eventually, like, it's, Mm -hmm. things get messy. It's like... A, mm. I'm not a big messy guy. I like things neat. But mm-hmm. for the most part, I liked it. Hotel Commonwealth was fantastic. That's where I met Kevin
1: You met Kevin Millar? Mm-hmm. Close personal friend of yours?
0: Very close personal friend, yeah.
1: Got it. Mm-hmm. We should have Kevin Millar on the podcast.
0: Yeah, well, I can call him anytime. You just let me know. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you that was part of your assignment for the next episode was that you were supposed to bring a guest with you. Um, mm-hmm. So, I mean, this is all this is all the next episode this is more of like a hey like when when we did the blaze jordan interview i didn't know that that was the last episode like Mm -hmm. that could have happened any day there was there was maybe uh i don't know fucking 12 consecutive episodes that i didn't know if that was going to be the last one or not like it, it wasn't like there was some like date where it's like all right this is gonna be the last one we had no idea because obviously we would have done some sort of like send-off show with coley we just didn't fucking know we had no idea which was frustrating um because i obviously would have loved to have done like one final episode with coley knowing that that was the final episode we just we didn't know and we didn't get that opportunity it just kind of just all happened at once and it was like all right well you're, you're kicked out the club now and it just sucks but it is what it is and we're going to we're going to we're going to move on. We're going to have fun. It's going to be we're going to have fun. This is going to be a fun fucking show. Okay? We're having fun. Every,
2: Are we having fun, everyone guys?
1: He, <laughs> everyone here is going to have a great fucking time. Um Pete is obviously going to be bringing his expertise of of major league baseball jerseys and and different uh, fashion related I'm
2: going to be watching baseball this year. How many games? How many games? I would I'm going to say that I'm going to, like, attend over 29 and a half games this year. Respect? Attend? Yes, attend. I don't even pin you for watching that many. No, I will be attend. Like, I have nothing to do this summer. Now, especially because now I am fully on the hockey beat. Once the season ends, I, like, last year, I had the summer off, essentially. So, I don't really have to work very much once the season's over so i'm gonna be doing like a lot of red sox stuff
1: okay so you're gonna like hang out with me now
2: yeah i got nothing better to do (laughs) absolutely nothing better
1: that's like yeah i mean i guess i guess that's one way to look at it like yeah i'll hang out with you i literally have nothing better to do yeah essentially Mm -hmm. okay i appreciate that um you bet buddy you said yeah it's gonna be fun it's, it's gonna be the summer repeat
3: <laughs> I'm absolutely
1: i'm excited for the summer repeat and
0: you know what pat
1: i feel like mm-hmm. uh when's the last time we we went to a game together fucking
2: 2019
0: yeah somewhere in there hmm. i can't wait yeah, till i'm like stuck level. at
2: like 14 games in september and i have to go to every single home game just so i can hit the over and like make myself not look like an idiot <laughs> Yeah, there's no fucking way you're going to 29 games. There's no way. You don't think I'll do it? I'll do it.
1: That's like that's like
2: I'm gonna keep a forty
1: percent of the fucking home schedule.
2: I'm going. I'm going to 30 games. Going to 30 games this year. I want proof. Like every time, every will, time you I go to keep, Fenway, I will keep and the the listeners of this podcast can keep receipts and keep a tally. I will go to 30 games this year. All right. And every you time help? you go
1: to a game. Yeah, what do you what happens for every there should be a punishment for like every like not just if you fall short, but
2: for every game that you fall short. It's yeah, another one of those punishments. Yeah, we we can come up with a, a some sort of punishment. But yeah, I will I will take whatever punishment it is amplified by how how many games I miss it by.
1: Cuz I'm not going For to. every game that you miss it by, Jake shoots you with a paintball gun. <laughs> All right, yeah, that works. <laughs> okay so all right you said 30 30 okay if you go to 21 games jake gets to shoot nine, you nine times Yes. yep he has to nine shots that's fair he has to hit you yeah i have to take if he misses nine you pain. that's a shot
2: oh okay all right all right so it's on him to hit me
1: yeah but he gets yep. to do it from five feet away all right fine <laughs>
0: I mean it's only fair that if he goes the thirty five games then Jared has to hit five times.
2: Ooh. See, this nah. is yeah. yes. What what do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> I, there's gotta I be something. I didn't you
1: I didn't make some great proclamation that would You made outrageous. a great proclamation
2: that I wouldn't do it. <laughs> you won't do it. That's your great proclamation. There it is. And you should pay if I'm if you're wrong. Mm-hmm. Well, now you're just gonna go to every game just so you can
1: shoot
3: me. <laughs> I mean, that's on you. The reasoning <laughs> doesn't matter. He just has to be there. That's yeah. it.
2: <sighs> Maybe we, we can we can cap it at a, a number. We can cap yeah. it at a number of shots. We'll
0: cap it at eighty-five. <laughs> eighty-five.
2: <laughs> yeah, he just starts
1: counting playoff games. <laughs> I'm going to road uh, games.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> just to be able to
2: shoot me 117 times. I'm just a fucking Red Sox roadie, <laughs> just following the team. Can you, Jake? Google
1: that. Has anyone died from being shot by a paintball gun too many times? I feel like there has to be someone.
2: You ever see people die from when like, they did fucking... the riot, when they did the riot control test? You're not gonna die from a. You're not gonna die from paintballs. 117 paintballs yeah you'll be fine don't worry about it pal
1: alright we'll figure something out but every time you go to a game I want you to take a picture you have to like take like a selfie with like a different part yeah. of Fenway in the background Yeah, and it then has the to, caption has is to just be the unique. number yeah yeah that works yeah the caption is just one two three and so forth okay alright so Pete's road to 30 that's right we could probably get that sponsored by a beer company. Mm-hmm. There we go. We're already we're already off and running. We're off and running with sponsorships. I love that. <laughs> Speaking of which, uh, what was it? Um, was there something else with Pat's twelve pack that we we left uh mm-hmm. unresolved, Pat?
0: Not that I can recall you sure? I actually don't think there is anything.
1: Okay. All right. Well, guess what, baseball fans? It's time to step up to the plate with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Major League Baseball. New customers can bet just $5 on any team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. If uh, Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, keyword yet, you can still take a swing at Stacks of Green with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Baseball Contest. New customers can play for free for thousands in prizes with their first deposit. Pick a lineup of two pitchers and eight batters while staying under the salary cap and rack up points for hits, runs, strikeouts, and more. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever possible. You want so download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code Jared. That is J A R E D, the correct spelling, and bet just five dollars to win two hundred dollars in free bets uh, if your team wins their game. That is promo code Jared at the DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Major League Baseball. Of course, you have to be twenty one plus. Restrictions apply. MLB trademarks used with permission, and see the show notes for details. Um I don't know where you guys want to go with this. I feel like there's there's predictions that we could do, but there's also just some storylines, no pun intended. Things have happened since the last time we did a show together. Uh we did a podcast. We were on the air when the Jackie Bradley Jr. podcast happened or trade happened. Um but we have not had the chance to speak about the Red Sox signing Trevor Story. Uh, I think the biggest move of the offseason undoubtedly was bringing back Hansel Robles. So I am going to praise Heim Bloom for that. Um Tyler is a is a leader of the Bloominati. Is was that a move that was satisfactory to you?
3: Yes, and you know, give Hansel Robles some credit. Very noble of him to make take a minor league deal while he figured out these visa issues so he could get everything figured out, but Listen, where the bullpen's at right now, you get him in the mix. We saw last year, zero ERA in September. Nails when you needed. Postseason came and happened. It is what it is, but I'm Mm. happy to have him in the mix. You need the arms. No one wanted to talk
1: about the fact that Hansel Robles was the best reliever in baseball when it counted.
3: No, because everyone wanted to crap all over Bloom when the deals were made. And listen, criticism at the time, it's fair. You can go whatever direction you wanted to. But... When Matt Barnes' velocity completely fell off and he was unusable. Who was out there in the ninth with the fist pumps doing it all and coming through again and again? It was him. And sometimes you need some of those guys. He was rough in Minnesota. We know what it was. But he came to Fenway. He flourished under the pressure. Certain guys come here and they just become one of those guys. It felt like that he was one of them. And he loved it here. He talked from day one how he wanted to stay here. Those are the kind of guys you want to keep around.
1: I actually wanted to make it my offseason season. Uh hobby. Is it a hobby? I don't know if it's a hobby. I guess maybe it is a hobby. Uh, I wanted to learn Spanish just so that I can communicate with Hansel Robles. I didn't want Nobody. to talk to anybody else. It was just Hansel Robles. And maybe maybe that's something that I'll still do. I, I, there's, there's definitely different apps that you can look at uh, that make learning a different language easier than taking a course of some sort. But if I go down that road of trying to learn a brand new language being Spanish, (laughs) it is specifically to communicate with Hansel Robles. I feel like we'd get along great. Trevor Story. I didn't know... I didn't know if that was actually going to go down. Uh, There was obviously the elbow issues and things of that nature. But I... My first thought was if you sign Trevor Story and it's not one of those all right, it's a it's a, a one-year deal or it's a three-year deal with an opt-out every, after every year. The deal that he got, I was like, oh, fuck. Like, Does this mean the inevitable end of the Bogarts era in Boston? It doesn't seem to me like that's where this is headed. It doesn't seem to me like... Because um, I believe Xander and Devers have said in recent days that they've been approached about extensions. Neither one of them, I believe... Uh, is expecting to get one done. But the fact that they've at least reached out and are trying to maybe build the framework for something to get done, perhaps not uh, during the season. They don't want to talk during the season. But those are two guys. And I think even Chris Sale. Chris Sale publicly came out and he was like, yeah, get get something done with Bogey. Um, so I was interested to see how that sort of pans out. Because Trevor Story, great player. The the uh, concerns about whether or not uh, the Coors factor is going to be a thing, I, hope, I mean, we'll fucking see. Everyone said that about Nolan, he's doing fine in, in St. Louis. Like, do, does hitting at Coors Field help you? Yeah. Yeah, it does. <laughs> but to sit here and act like Trevor Story uh, is, is somehow just going to uh, be this absolute shit bum now that he's not playing in
2: Colorado seems... Seems a little uh, of an asinine statement to me. Especially when he's now hitting at Fenway. Like, seems like a... It's, I mean, we've seen him hit at Fenway before, and it's been pretty fun.
3: And you have. Yeah. Look, <laughs> look at the spray chart. 39 homers at Fenway Park. You know, if you played 162 there, but the guy has a swing made for here. How did that work for Kike Hernandez? How did that work for Hunter Renfro? Pretty damn well. And I think if mm. you look at Trevor's story right now, If you would have picked all the free agents, all the different roads, you could have gone down. You get Trevor Story, just about the same deal as Javier Baez. It's about 23 annually, 23.3. This was probably the easiest path if you were going to sign a major free agent to keeping Xander Bogarts and Rafael Devers in a Red Sox uniform, which I think I can speak for everyone here. You want to keep those two. Those are the kind of foundation pieces here. And, you know, Kennedy has come out and said it. Bloom has said it. Everything that's come out this spring is pointed in that direction. But you kind of go down the list here. JD Martinez, he's going to be a free agent after this year. We all love JD. If you don't want to go that route of paying him, that's twenty million off the books. This is the final year of David Price's money being on the books. The half, the sixteen million they owe, that's thirty-six million on its own right there. Xander Bogarts, he's looking for about a ten million increase in about annual salary. We know he's making about twenty right now. You look at that money. We're talking thirty-six million. You throw 10 to Xander right there, you can kind of go and work that Rafael Devers extension out. You're already over the CBT this year. I have a hard time believing they're not going to go over it next year. There's a real pathway here while signing one of the best free agents out there to keep your other two main foundation pieces. If you had went and chased some of these other guys, you know, I never thought Seeger or someone like that was coming here, but you got a piece that fits with the roster that's willing to be flexible. That will improve your defense in a year if you want to move Xander to second when he signs his contract extension. Maybe you can talk Devers into DHing. Do you want to go that route if you're going to pay him big money? Probably not. But there's a real pathway to kind of go that route. And I didn't feel that way going into this offseason, where there was a chance if they went and paid somebody, one of those two was probably gonna to have to go.
1: Pat, you're a you're a former teammate of Xander Bogart's. Mm-hmm. Um People, people don't talk about that enough. No. No. Uh, Pat Light, no. former teammate of uh, David Ortiz, uh, mm-hmm. Xander Bogarts, a uh, couple of uh, multi-world series winning uh, legends here in Boston. Um, <clears throat> let me ask you this, because mm-hmm. I think we can all sit here and agree. Rafael Devers is the, uh, the better hitter, the more impact bat. Um, there's some questions defensively with Bogarts and Devers. If you can only pay one guy, and I'm not saying it's going to be the same contract. Devers is going to obviously cost you more because he's younger, um, different kind of player. Devers will cost you more than Bogarts. Um, I don't know by how much, but if you can only pay one guy, you hear Chris Sale talk about this. is He's the heart of the Red Sox. He's the captain of this team. We need to keep him here. It's a very important piece to what we have going on. Pat Light, general manager of the Boston Red Sox. Who are you giving that money to?
0: It is a really difficult question. Both are tremendous clubhouse guys. So it's not like I can go and say there's something here that I'd rather over the other. I mean, Rafael Devers is just younger. Uh, he's got a phenomenal bat. Um, I I give the nod to Devers, but it's very difficult for me to let go of Bogey. It is very difficult to let go of Bogey. I think he, is, he has been so integral and more than people know. Uh, it's hard for me to get rid of him. But uh, if I had to, gun to my head, I'm going Devers. Does having
1: Trevor Story under contract uh, impact your decision there?
0: Of course, a little bit, just because you have someone that can kind of replace him. But I think I have to go Devers regardless if you have Story under contract. I just, I love what Devers brings. Even from the moment that guy stepped in spring training. Actually, I don't even think he I don't think it was spring training. I think he came out when I was at Instructional League. Um and he was talked about from the moment he stepped at JetBlue Park about from the staff about how good this guy was going to be. Now Xander could have been the same way. I just wasn't around for that. Uh, but uh, you know, we had guys. I, I never went and go watch these you know young guys play when I was there. I wanted to get the hell out of there and play some golf. But he was a guy who stuck around for it. And he was he was really good even at that age. So uh, I've been enamored with Devers since then. So I, I would still keep him regardless of of Story's contract.
2: I think Jake. I, I was gonna say, so I'll, I'll I think, ask you, Pete. Yeah, I think the reason why I like the story deal so much is, I mean, like Tyler said, it doesn't prevent you from re-signing those guys, but it does give you insurance in case you have to lose one of them. It, it makes you better right now, but it also gives you a layer of insurance in case something does go wrong. And I don't think that anybody. It, like celebrated the story deal being like, okay, great. Now we can lose either one of Devers or Bogarts. But if it does come to that, it's much better to have somebody already here that can soften the blow. And that's kind of uh, why I like it.
1: Yeah. I think, I think with the story deal too f- the, the first place that my mind went, wasn't so much great. Now we have an insurance policy. If, if we can't, give an extension to Xander Bogarts. My first thought was, all right, fucking Kyle Schwarber is in Philly. Uh, you traded Hunter Renfro, which I, I understand. Uh, I think like I'm more in line with Heim Bloom's line of thinking that you sold high on a guy like Hunter Renfro because the odds that he he is able to duplicate what he did offensively last year, I would bet against it. I don't want to say it was like a complete aberration. Obviously, the power was always there, but the complete package of what he was able to do offensively, I don't know that he's running that back. Uh, so, you were able to get, you essentially got, you bought a prospect in uh, Alex Benellis. Um, you bring back Jackie Bradley because the defense, I mean, the Red Sox last year were kind of just like outfield defense. Who gives a shit? It does matter. You do need that at some point. Um, so I understood the Renfro trade, but it's not so much banking on Renfro doing it again, so much as you got it last year. Where are you gonna get it from this year? Um, so that's why going out and and signing a guy like Trevor Story, that's where I immediately went. Was you lost Renfro, <clears throat> you lost Schwarber. Do you replace both of them with just one Trevor Story? No, you don't, but it certainly helps. Like you absolutely needed to do something to like if you didn't sign Trevor Story you are worse than you were last year. You are not as good as you were last year and that was a team that not many people thought was going to be good in the first place. Uh so it, it was kind of awkward to to see where where am I putting my expectations for this team. Um so yeah, I think it was a necessary thing to do. Um I don't I don't love the idea of thinking that this organization is bracing themselves for life after Xander. I don't love that idea. Um, But like Tyler mentioned, talking about um, Sam Kennedy, when Sam Kennedy spoke about Bogarts, he was almost getting like emotional talking about how important uh, Bogarts is to this organization and what they have got going on moving forward. And he already took a hometown discount with his most recent deal at some point, you're going to have to give him, you know, you look at the Correa deal. It's not so much like, oh, he wants like a three year deal with an opt out after every year, but you start looking at average annual values and you look at what he's making. Um, would I, I mean, based on the production that Xander gives you and what Correa puts out, would I give Xander Bogarts 30 million a year? Of course. Yeah. Somewhere in that neighborhood. Yeah. I would. I would. Um, but not at the expense of losing Raphael Devers. So, it's it is it is kind of uh, a tough equation, but, you know, factoring in, you know, the David Price money coming off the books and, you know, J.D. J.D. has said that he wants to retire here. Um, I think that that is important to him. I, I've talked to him about that, Uh, you know, how he's just like, yeah, like this is this is where I'm comfortable. Um, This is where I want to be. This is the group that I want to be around. This is the manager that I want to play for. And he wants to win. And just winning that one World Series in 2018, he wasn't like, well, I did that. Let's move on. Um, He's still... I feel like when... For whatever reason it is, 2020 sticks in the minds of Red Sox fans way too fucking much than it actually should. If you look at 18, 19, throw out the dog shit 2020, and then last year... He's lived up to every cent that he's been paid by the Boston Red Sox. Like this should not be a guy that fans are like, "Well, why don't we just trade JD and then like sign Kyle Schwarber?" I'm not saying I wouldn't want Kyle Schwarber on this team. I fucking loved that that Schwarber was here, but that's no longer an option. So they're going to have some decisions to make in regards to the the futures of some pretty cornerstone pieces. Um but it doesn't sound like we're going to get a resolution on on any of that before opening day actually uh we're recording this on Tuesday night I believe this is dropping on Friday so uh man that that sucks about that rainout yes, yesterday that damn what a <laughs> oh shucks. what a, what a shitty thing to happen yesterday that rainout against
2: the Yankees um, it should be illegal to have rainouts on opening day mm. it should just like you should just be able play to play through yeah, you should just be able to like sue God or something <laughs> like it's not it's not fair. Normally, I don't give a shit about the weather at any point, but if it's going to rain on opening day, I should be able to turn a paintball gun on on God.
1: <laughs> also, I, I have a question for you, Pete. This camera that you're using is pretty nice. It is pretty nice.
0: It is.
2: Um, <clears throat> Are you like uh, are you what are you looking at right now? I'm looking at you on on my screen. It's it's a little off-center. So, my camera is, like, a little to the left of the screen. So, I, like, I would have to stare straight into the lens and not see you talk for in order for me to look right. at the camera.
1: Right. So, Pete has, like, a, I, I was over there, like, a month ago. He's got a really fancy setup with all these, like, really nice cameras. But the camera is off to his left. So it looks like he's like doing the show and filing his taxes
2: at the same time. Um, But it is a really nice camera. Yeah. And I am actually paying attention. I'm sure there will be episodes in the future where I zone out and don't pay attention and you won't be able to tell because I'm never looking at the camera. So it's, I'm really playing the long game here. Yeah. Um, Jake
1: devers bogart so you can only pick one who you who you paying man i just i love devers so much um ever since he he took chapman fucking 500 feet to left center on sunday night baseball i was, there. I just was like yeah i mean I, I just was like i know this this guy long term is going to be something special not to say that i don't love xander mm-hmm. too but it's just like i don't know there, there's something different about Rafi. Yeah. That was actually uh that was John Feidelberg's birthday. I don't know why the fuck we were at Yankee Stadium for it, but yeah, I remember that. It was nuts. That was actually the birth of uh um Joey McFly over there, who I, I wanna get in the mix. <clears throat> um I said this on baseball's dead about how, you know, like now the door's open. We can we can get other personalities in here to to talk Red Sox and um, you know, if if the Red Sox are playing a, a team and that that team has a content creator that we want to kind of get in the mix and and talk some shit, I'm excited to do that as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't know what would you guys grade this this off season. I feel like there was a lot of up until the Trevor Story signing, there was a lot of pissing and moaning about. Well, are the Red Sox gonna do anything? And it's like, dude, you know. They didn't have a monster offseason, but you you could be the Yankees. You could be a team that their the fucking their prize offseason acquisition was Marwin Gonzalez. You could be them. Like things could be much worse. Um, so where how would you grade this off season, Pat? I'm gonna start with you. I'm gonna work my way up to Tyler as uh <laughs> That's good. That's good. as the leader of the Illuminati I don't know where he's gonna go with that. So Pat, I'll start with you.
0: I was really going to hope you started with Tyler because he seems to know way more about this offseason than I do.
3: I believe in you, Pat.
0: Yeah, thanks,
3: you Tyler. got this, Pat.
0: Um, so we're getting, we're doing a letters a letter scale here.
1: Yeah, like sure. A, B, C. Yeah, give me give sure. me give me a A B C. D. Well, here's here's
0: where, here's where I'm going to be at. Uh, okay. I am also uh, part of the Blumenati. Uh, oh, I I was tough on him in the his first offseason season. And uh, he really shoved up my ass a little bit. Uh, I kind of like what he put together. Uh, so I have just trusted him since. Uh, I don't care about 2020 all that much, um, as I think we all shouldn't. Uh, but I, I I'm gonna just give it a B B plus because I don't we didn't do a, a B lot. plus is high. Yeah, I that listen. I'm high. I'm happy with what he with what he did. I'm happy with the assigning. Like you said, the insurance policy on Xander and Devers getting story, uh, but not having to get rid of them. Um I, I think I think we're in a good spot. I like the team last year. I didn't think we needed to make too many moves. I would have loved to keep Schwarber, but um it just didn't work out, especially with it with everything going around as far as the the DH going both both leagues. It is what it is. I think we did a, a good job. I'm I'm pleased. I would have liked a little bit more pitching. Uh, as I always do, um, I'm a big. Uh, uh, I think pitching wins championships, so I would prefer it a little bit more. But overall, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with a B, uh, mainly because you guys just peer pressure me off my B plus.
2: <laughs> what a coward, Pete. <laughs> uh, I would say I'd probably land at like a like a C plus, and before the story deal, I would have been in like the D range because it was just nothing was happening um story it really registered for me, but I really would have liked to see some pitching both on the the front end and in the bullpen uh, especially you know losing Erod losing Chris sale having that up in the air I am v- very 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 low confidence level in the pitching heading into this season and that is uh quite upsetting. When we came out of
1: the lockout, I was like, wait a minute. We fucking signed James Paxton? What the fuck? That was, yeah, yeah, I think that was I, one of those was, buzzer
2: beater signings. I literally looked at the roster today and I was like, when the fuck did they sign James Paxton? And also, <laughs> wow, big shock. It says IL-60 right next to his name. Guys yeah. always hurt. And like yeah. I, I, when, he's, when he's healthy, he, he moves the needle. But when is mm-hmm. he ever healthy? 2017 they've they rich hill michael walker on this team
1: now michael walker is on this team but michael walker i will i will defend the michael walker signing i feel like i'm gonna have to do a lot of uh, michael walker defending uh this season i think he figured something out at the end of last year i think that uh you know am i expecting him to be a frontline guy no um but a solid three four yeah. yeah sure why not Who, that screen is like, like low risk
2: high reward are. to me just yeah. like if he can figure it figure it out again but I, just, I really did not know that he was on the team until today yeah and Rich Hill
1: just fucking just grunting his dick off to get all that 86 is <laughs> it's, it's it's a sight to behold I mean that's someone that will probably get on the podcast at some point um, Milton proud Rich Hill. I mean, one it's of like it's his, so funny. I, I don't know where this individual is now, but one of one of his like childhood friends was a was a bartender in the basement at baseball tavern, rest in peace. Um <clears throat> so yeah, I think like everyone else, I wish that they did more with the rotation. Um, an effort was made, I guess. You know, it's like it's not like they did nothing. It's like, yeah, right, we got Rich Hill, fucking James Paxton, Michael Walker. Um, I love that we're not still pushing Garrett Whitlock into that starting role. Um, I think there were some concerns about Matt Barnes velocity this spring and they didn't, I mean, obviously you brought back Hansel Robles, which is, you know, that's huge face the franchise. Um, But in terms of the back end of the bullpen, what was the point of taking Whitlock out of a role that he absolutely dominated in? Like I, I want him to stay there. Could he help? the? Ro- I mean, the rotation needs help too, but you, you absolutely cannot, especially now that you're in a fucking loaded American league East with the Toronto blue Jays being what they are. Uh, the Yankees will probably just do what they did last year where they suck, but then like they still somehow just never go away. It's that was so fucking annoying last year. That team sucked. And they, the, how the fuck did they make the playoffs? I don't know. Um, But then Tampa, and they're right there. I think they're like the DraftKings Sportsbook has Tampa as the third favorite. I don't know how the odds makers have the Yankees as the second best odds to win this goddamn division. How? They got worse. They were already bad, and then they got worse. And they have the second best odds to win this fucking division. Toronto, I get it. That team is loaded. Offense, fucking pitching. They've got it all. Um but yeah, I, I see the question marks that everyone else outside, I mean, inside and outside of Boston are seeing with this Red Sox team. I see it. Yes. Um, but that's why Whitlock staying in the bullpen was so important for me. Um, Tanner Houck, that was... Uh, I don't want to say annoying last year when he wasn't allowed to see a lineup for a third time because the numbers were pretty glaring when he did see it for a third time. I get it. But how many fucking starters can you have in one rotation where you won't let the starter see the lineup for a third time? Uh, if you're going to do that, if that's the plan, then you need better arms that can give you some length in the bullpen um, so we'll see, we'll see what they've got in terms of, of their plan. it's not like they're, they're not going into, uh, they're not going to Leroy Jenkins this season. That's not what's about to happen. So we'll see. I, I give the off season. I, I think I'm with Pete. I like a I like a C plus, um, Tyler, what do you got on this off season?
3: I'm right in the same ballpark as you guys. I'll go B minus, but I I think it really starts with the Eduardo Rodriguez signing. Uh, And I I just don't think Eddie got enough credit. I know the ERA was rough last year, but you dove deeper. You looked at the FIP. It was really closer to the mid threes. And I think he was one of the biggest victims of the Red Sox poor defense. And, you know, Xander Bogart's played a part in that, as we know. Rafael Devers played a part in that. And Eddie said, first thing, when he got to Detroit, get me a gold glove shortstop. That kind of tells you where he's at. You look at Nate Evaldi last year. 375 ERA, I think anybody who watched him start at any point, he was not a 375 ERA pitcher. And if you look at the advanced metrics, the FIP, he had the number one FIP in all of the American League. So we're talking frontline guy who can lead your rotation. You take out someone in Eddie who was a true number three, someone who became a workhorse outside of the 2020 freak COVID situation. But in 2019 and 2021, he was out there every fifth day. You could depend on him. Missing out on him He was ahead of the market. The money wasn't too crazy. That's just a big miss for me. And I think losing him from this rotation, making someone like Tanner Houck move into this starting rotation, which, you know, I'm not sold on him being a starter because I I do kind of look at it until he develops that third pitch as a splitter. He's just having a hard time, uh, especially against lefties. But where they are right now, the James Paxton deal was basically a makeup. Hey, James Paxton, we'll bring you in. Whatever we get this year is a bonus. It's trending in the right direction. Looks like he's targeting June. That can completely change the game for the Red Sox. But for someone who's going to be worth about 12.5 over the next two following years, a little cheaper than Eddie and you have a mid-rotation starter. Health is still a really major question in that point. But that's where I got a whole time bloom. You had a chance to shore up that rotation and really give the bullpen another sturdy arm it needed. Um, I give him credit. Hey, Trevor Story, you went and spent money. You shut up those clowns. Everyone who's been sitting there and crying, complaining. Bloom's scared to spend money. He'll never do it. He All these different things. No, it, it's pretty obvious. If you looked at 2020 and 2021, they were never going to spend the money in 2020. You don't trade Mookie bets you're, you, unless you're trying to get under the luxury tax. That was the whole point. Get David Price's or half of his money off the books. 2021, bridge year. Find where you are in the middle. Find the Hunter Renfros of the world you can capitalize and take their value from. And then this year, hey, they surprised they got up to the ALCS last year. Now we kind of go over the luxury tax. We're willing to put that money in. I think you look at the bullpen and Michael Waka, I'm with you, Jared. I think he'll be fine. I think you're looking at something like a four ERA. Uh, last year, the ERA was over five, but the pitch mix changed down the stretch really kind of turned it up. The velo hasn't got back up to those points yet, but I think he'll still be pretty effective there. Rich Hill. You know, the last five years, he's averaged about 100 innings. Last year, he, you know, was healthy for the majority of the year and was able to get up there and, you know, make 30 starts. Can you depend on him this year with that? I think you're asking a lot. Uh, I think you're going to probably run him into the ground the next two months. And however far mm-hmm. he takes you, he takes you. Uh, and another part of the problem there is Garrett Whitlock's basically going to be doing piggyback duty with him a lot. I don't love that either. Uh, I think there's other ways where you could use him in, you know, two innings here and here multiple times a week and give yourself a little bit more flexibility. But I look at this team, the lineup. I know Kyle Schwarber and I love Schwarber as much as anyone. This lineup was a top of the game offense all the way up until that point. They went cold. They had some OBP problems. Part of that was J.D. Martinez slowing down, Xander Bogart slowing down, and they have both spoke on it and admitted it. Um, But I think if you're looking for something to be worried about, it's the bullpen right now. You don't know what Matt Barnes is going to give you. Ryan Brazier, according to Sunday, and I know Cora said things were going in the right direction, he was sitting 91-92 on the backfields. That's not going to work with Ryan Brazier. You got to be better than that. I like Jake Diekman. The velo's down. His slider's down about five miles per hour right now. Matt Strom, I think probably the best reliever you've seen out of camp besides maybe Cutter Crawford, uh, which you know he could play into that uh, bullpen as well and help them out. But they're an arm short. With Chris Sale in the mix and pushing something like Tanner Houck to the bullpen, right now you feel about two arms short in total. Can yeah. I ask a I question the, the, about
2: the bullpen here? Yeah. How much Josh Taylor am I going to have to deal with this year?
3: Because Josh
2: Taylor, like Josh drives, Taylor. Me oh, don't, don't, dr- drives me up a wall. He drives me up a wall. Why don't you, you like Josh Taylor? was making history down the, he, in the beginning of the year. He, he drove me nuts as the year Why? went on. I can't explain Why? it. I really can't explain it.
3: Well, you know what I can, as Jared said earlier, last year with Martin Perez and Garrett Richards attempting to hold spots down in the rotation, you drained your entire bullpen. Josh Taylor was one of the best relievers in baseball the first couple months of the season. You just ran them into the ground. You ran him. Adam Ottavino was lethal in the first half, and we all know what Matt Barnes was. You're running into that same situation again this year, and it feels like that group is even thinner. But I think that must
2: have been playoff hockey season when I didn't see Josh Taylor (laughs) at his best because
3: towards the end of the
2: year, I lost my mind watching
1: him. Didn't he come like one scoreless appearance shy of breaking Koji Uehara's record for the longest scoreless appearance streak in Red Sox history?
3: Exactly. And on top of it, (laughs) we look at Taylor at the end of the year. He had that lower back strain. It's why he's starting the year on the IL. now. He still isn't back from it or fully healed, even though he came back for the playoffs.
2: I'd love to be wrong, but uh, I'll tell you, I have Josh Taylor feelings <laughs> heading into this season.
3: <laughs> I respect your hatred.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't. Like, I wouldn't there's, say there's hatred. Always, there's always some sort of weird, unexplainable beef between uh, a, a host on this show and a player. Um, Steve's beef with Eddie Rodriguez was wildly inexplicable. I never understood it. He just had it out. He hated Eddie Rodriguez um but that's why i was going to bring up when you mentioned eddie and you know
3: like uh, you that was someone that you wanted to see come back right a hundred percent i just thought for the money it wasn't anything crazy there was a pretty you know friendly opt out in the middle of it and listen i'm not one of those people that was going to sit there and tell you eddie was ever going to become a number one or a number two but i thought he was a true number three workhorse you could depend on losing those innings when chris sale I love Chris Sale as much as anyone. We know what the health issues are there. Nate Evaldi, last year, awesome. You know, one of the top pitchers in baseball. His entire career, he's had a lot of health problems. If you saw Evaldi hit the IL tomorrow, we'd be in a free fall. Everyone would be panicking here. And that's just where I kind of got to look and say, I understand you think you can tread water for two months. It's just when the Chris Sale thing happened in spring training, you're starting at a point now where you really have to cross your fingers for the first two months.
1: So I, I'm with you on Eddie. I love Eddie. Um, I wish he was still here, but I am very much reading into the fact that the offseason started and he was like, I'm signing with the Tigers.
2: Like he didn't, there was I didn't even realize nothing. that the offseason had started, but when he signed, I was when I got the news that he like left, I was like, is that legal? <laughs> yeah, I did, is, did he just jump the gun on something? Didn't realize the players were allowed to move this early in the offseason.
3: Yeah, he seemed like the, he had a plan
1: he very much was like um off season starts see you later i am i'm out of here so i don't know i, I think um i would have loved to have, have had him back it did not feel like he wanted to be here
3: <clears throat> he ma- did he not make it clear though like when your first thing you show up to the tires and you say i want a go glove shortstop i love xander i do i'm one of the people that holds him accountable for the defense and that side of things um I-, I think that plays a part and i think it plays a part in the trevor story conversation as well where when you have multiple pitchers who have a such a significant difference between their fip and their era you're going to push some guys away and certain guys aren't going to want to come here especially when it's already tough to pitch here
0: yeah, also to add to that, Eddie is a guy who I played with, big eye guy, all about himself. Uh, you know, he always has a smile on his face, which I give him credit for, but he wasn't my favorite teammate of all time. So I'm not that upset to see him leave the clubhouse.
3: And that was the one Interesting. thing, even if you have a problem with Xander Bogart's defense, to go out and publicly make those comments, it felt weird, you know, mm-hmm. and they came out. So it supports whatever it is, the Xander Bogart's defense problem, but you know that's the kind of guy who's been leading that clubhouse who's been a mentor to you in a lot of ways someone who's kind of pushed you through in 2018 and when you've had some tough moments i didn't like that either mm-hmm.
0: yeah right. no, he he wasn't he wasn't very he came over from when the andrew miller deal i believe years ago yep. and from day 1 he was not a well liked man amongst the amongst the group uh, and super oddly fragile at times uh, he got hurt one time i don't know if you, if you if they reported this but he got hurt one time in spring training Doing a drill at like thirty percent, it was like the weirdest. We like big league PFPs are a joke. You can't get hurt, and this, this guy pulled it off somehow, and uh, went down. It was down for like two weeks. Uh, it was hey. unbelievable stuff.
2: Hey, we don't body shame. Some people are some people are just made of glass. It's fine.
0: <laughs> Apparently,
1: also, I, I mean, I I didn't know that about Eddie. Um, I could see where it comes from. I guess like with the. Um, being about himself thing. But sometimes I think that, you know, if you're not necessarily arrogant, but confident in yourself, it can be mistaken as, as arrogance. Um, I don't know. I just, I mean, I'm not in the clubhouse. Obviously I didn't, I just, I never really got that vibe from him. So I don't know. That's very strange, but I, mean, so I think I like- something,
2: what does it Generally speaking, I feel like there's a pretty fine line between, like, there there's sometimes a fine line between arrogant and just being, like, a, a guy who's, like, super competitive and rubs people the wrong way. Obviously, Pat would know better than than me and stuff. But, like, I'm sure there are, like, plenty of people that would look at, like, I mean, we obviously know, like, like a Michael Jordan or a Kobe. They've rubbed a, rubbed a lot of guys the wrong way, where a lot of teammates would be like, this guy was a fucking asshole. It's like, <laughs> yeah, but... Yeah, but he 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 did it in a way like he had to be an asshole, and it, it helped him get better. And like I think that we all like appreciated what Eddie did as a, as a pitcher. But I I just don't know where like the line is for taking away a, like a, a being like a net negative in the clubhouse. I guess
0: and then you also consider uh, something that I want to make sure people are aware of is language barrier. And there was oftentimes I had to, even though Eddie spoke in English. Um, I would like a guy that, you know, seems very friendly. And then all the Latin guys wouldn't like him. And now you're, you, they, they say things, they come off differently to the Latin guys. They know the language, but you know, obviously more than I do. Um, and so there were, there were a few guys that, that popped up where they'd be super nice to me and then all the Latin guys would hate him. So I don't remember the Latin guys take on Eddie, but, um, uh, I just remember, you know, people that were, I was close with, uh, were not particularly fond Hmm. I also question like the little brother syndrome stuff. Like you have
3: Chris Sale here who's obviously locked up. Nate Evaldi, we'll see how it plays out, but the last couple years here, did he just get sick and tired of the constant, you know, he, he, take him under the wing of Chris Sale of Nate Evaldi, year after year. He goes to the Tigers where Now he can be the mentor, you know, Casey Mize, Tyreek Schubel, you know, Matt Manning at some point, all these different pieces. Was he looking to finally just become that veteran figure, and he didn't want to live under that shadow anymore?
0: Very possible. I could see that. Yeah, I mean, it's a natural progression for a lot of people, and it's hard to make that progression in Boston because Boston's always going and getting bigger names uh, who cost a lot of money and can do bigger things. So it's tough. Just like he went, got Chris Sale and Nathan Navaldi, but. Um, I don't know. I again, I was only around Eddie for I don't what year was the the Andrew Miller deal? 14. 14. So I was around Eddie for 2 years. Um and so I, I don't really know. I just I remember what I remember, but I it's interesting. He certainly could have made that deal just to kind of become the guy. Uh, I mean, why else do you go from Boston to Detroit, right?
3: <laughs> That's true.
1: <laughs> yeah i I believe, and I don't know when it'll happen, but I believe something will come out eventually about it being a weird ending, like that didn't feel like, yeah, I just really i I fuck with Detroit's vision <laughs> like, <laughs> i I just don't think that that's how it went down Love um, it and i'm not I'm not speaking as someone that knows that something went down. I mean, I, I know that like, here's what I do know. What I do know is that when he did the watch thing and like you saw Cora scream at him from the dugout, I know that that wasn't the only time that he got yelled at for that. Like, I think when they lost the game, like he also got a talking to after the game, like in the clubhouse. Um, so I don't know if he was just like, all right, fuck it. Like, I, I mean, we've all kind of been there where it's like, you know, you like an awkward confrontation. You're like, all right, well, I'm just never coming here again. And like, that's, I get it. I, I don't, I don't know that I agree with it, but I guess I, I get it um, where he was just like, I don't want to be treated like a, like a child. Like I don't want to be reprimanded. Like I'm a grown man. I, I don't know. I, that's just like a theory, but um, either way it's the post Eddie era. Um, I guess where, where we're kind of at right now in terms of we, we wrapping up discussing the off season And now looking ahead to this team, the one thing that I really wish Bloom did that didn't get done was the uh, 10-year extension for Kevin Pawlacki. That is an individual that without him, I don't know that the Red Sox win a game. Uh, We were in discussions maybe about a week or so ago. Do we bring back... Um, dancing on my own, and I said, "Yeah, like I." They, it organically became the theme of the postseason, but I don't. Like he's going to still use it as his walk-up song. That's confirmed. So it's not going anywhere in terms of his walk-up song. That'll still be there. Uh, we also discussed the home run cart. Is that something that we retire? I said, "Absolutely not." Um, kind of like like the the gold bottles tweet. The gold bottles tweet started in that season of 2014 when the Red Sox lost 10 straight games and then they finally won a game. Uh, That's when I fired off the first gold bottles tweet and that team finished in last place. So the Red Sox started the home run cart in 2020. That season fucking sucked. They were just trying to do something to lighten the mood. I don't think that just because you didn't win a World Series in 2021 that you gotta stop doing the home run cart. I think I think it dies with Pleweki. I think if Poecki's not here anymore, that's his baby. Uh if he, God forbid, ever went to a different organization, I think maybe it stops at the end of that year. Um, but until that day comes, and I hope it never does, you gotta run with it. You gotta run with both. You gotta run with the walk up song and you gotta run with the home run cart. And I, I that's a firm stance that I'm gonna take on both issues.
0: Yeah, I think you keep the home run card. I think a lot, oftentimes when you have a good team, like a World Series caliber team, they find their own identity and something throughout the season. Uh, right now, there is none. So you keep what's going with what you've been doing until you find something that works for, for your own. But Pauahi being still there um, or still being there, uh, you, you keep what, what's working for you guys. You know, I don't think you change anything yet.
3: And what's been the Alex Cora mantra? Unfinished business. All right, let's finish business. <laughs> then we'll talk about it. Then we'll see if it's time to move on from these different things. But you didn't, you know, you got far last year, you know, surprised everybody. Let's finish the job. Then we'll have
0: the real conversation about what happens next. And he signed Ploiecki to a 10-year deal. Of course. <laughs> yeah, I mean, talking about visions of teams here. Ploiecki is the is the future.
1: Ploiecki is the past, the present, and the future. It, I, just, I just can't is. believe it.
0: What do you think would have happened if me and him joined forces? Wow. Wow. Right?
1: You and Kevin Puecki?
0: Yeah. I mean, In talk about regards, team camaraderie. I,
1: I think, you know what? I think you, I think you were a great teammate, Pat.
0: I was a phenomenal clubhouse guy. Phenomenal.
1: Was there anyone that you didn't have a good personal relationship with? I mean... Was there anyone that it was like uh, the vibes are off? This person doesn't not necessarily th- that you did anything wrong or that you deserved any side eye. Uh, but was there anyone where you're like, I can tell this guy doesn't like me and I'm so I'm just going to steer clear of this individual.
0: Uh, not in Boston. Uh, I think okay. Mike Porcello thinks I'm a raging alcoholic. Um, <laughs> well, well, I mean, he he came to uh, what wasn't my bar at the time, but now is uh, and he had the time of his life. What can I tell you? He just, you know, just happens to also think I'm a drunk. Uh, but I got on with Rick very well. I think uh, there were some guys at the end of my career uh, in Seattle. Um, I won't mention names, but um, I think that they didn't love the way I went about my business. Um, but I couldn't throw a strike. So the only fun I could have was with, with the guys. Uh, so uh, I just, you know, I enjoyed myself. But I can tell you right now, the bullpen absolutely loved me. So. They can suck it.
2: I do love the idea of being like a guy thought I was a raging alcoholic. So I bought the bar that we had a great time. at. <laughs> I showed him. <laughs>
1: yeah. What a defense mechanism. There's no way that I could be an alcoholic.
2: I own this bar. If I was an alcoholic, would I do this? And he buys the bar.
0: <laughs> now it's business. I have to be there. But I'm a That's good right. entrepreneur. Right.
1: It's like I'm not I'm not a raging alcoholic because I'm drinking so much. I'm working. This is my job. This is my exactly. career. I'm testing the beer to make sure
2: it works. You can't drink at work if drinking is the work. Yes,
0: a raging businessman. That's, That's what right.
2: I am. I'm a
1: raging businessman. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: it's like uh, it's like Vince McMahon. He uh, he doesn't. He doesn't ask any of his performers to perform any stunts that he doesn't physically perform himself, like he will throw himself off of stages and put himself through tables and like light himself on fire and all that shit um that's pat I won't ask my patrons to drink a beer that I'm not going to also drink tonight
0: mm-hmm tonight tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Which kind of guy I am? I'm, um, I'm, I'm a team first guy. We've always known that, Jared. Team, team first guy. guy, big team guy, and that's why people love me.
1: Listen, there's no one here today arguing with any point that you just made.
3: No,
0: no, one. not
1: me, not Jake, not Pete, not Tyler,
3: not I mean, a chance,
1: not Coley. All right, Cole we can still say Coley. We have a moment. They can't start. sue us for that. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, so when I got when I got this new apartment, um no free ads, but I went to Bernie and Phil's and I just FaceTimed Coley and I let him pick out the couch. I was like, which one which one looks the comfiest for when you come down from fucking Madagascar, where the fuck you live, uh, and you inevitably have to crash on my couch after a Red Sox game? And he, he picked out the couch. It's like ninety six inches long. Um but it was the it was the couch that he chose to sleep on. Actually, Speaking of couch selections and Pete being here, when I lived in New York City, uh, I was like, all right, well, like my friends, my friends all live in Massachusetts. I don't have any friends in New York. So some of my friends are probably going to visit me. So I'm going to get a couch that pulls out into a a bed so that they have a place to sleep in my closet fucking apartment. Uh, The only friend that came to visit me uh, was Pete Blackburn. And he just fucking slept in a ball on the couch and didn't even pull it out. So for three years, when I lived in New York, I had this piece of shit couch that I absolutely hated. It wasn't comfortable at all. But I had it so that it also pulled out into a bed for my guests that never came. And when Pete slept on my couch, he didn't use it as the pullout bed.
2: Well, as all Section 10 listeners will know... I can sleep through anything. And uh, in any situation, doesn't matter if it's a bed, doesn't matter if it's a floor, doesn't matter if it's a chair. If I have enough, if I have enough of a good time that night, I will sleep through anything at all. Yeah. 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 That video is still
1: out there. That video still exists of, I think that was the second ever. It was our first, but it was the second Red Sox winter weekend ever. Uh, we were at Foxwoods and Pete was just absolutely passed out. Didn't we make you sleep with Feidelberg one year because you both snore? So we were just Correct. like, we can just put you guys in the fucking snore
2: cave. Correct. And we we had like a little home and home situation that weekend where uh, mm-hmm. the first night I was absolutely tanked. I think I, I like I went to, I I like passed out at like 7 p.m. missed the entire <laughs> night's festivities, and then the next day. <laughs> Uh, Fidelberg was passed out pretty early on and we both traded like the loudest snoring performances that we could possibly muster.
1: Yeah. It just, it sounded like sawing wood in that room, (laughs) but it didn't matter because you were both doing it. Yeah. that was the night that like Fidelberg just got drunk and wandered off like a zombie. We were just like, where'd he go? I don't know. He's just walking around. Um, and then Steve, Steve got drugged and I we we shared a room and then i opened the door and he was on the floor with his pants to his ankles with a bloody nose and a puke stain on the run on the rug next to his face and i still have that picture um he never wanted me to tweet it i still have it maybe maybe i will
0: release it. what you say pat release it release it (laughs) release the picture
2: no longer teammates you have you no longer have allegiance to (laughs) him. that's true that's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. We have. There is photographic proof of, of that happening. Um, it's a dangerous game, though, because <laughs> I don't know what Steve has of me or you on his phone to retaliate with. That's the thing is, like, any time that Steve took my phone to, like,
1: take a picture, he would just take pictures of himself. That sounds like a Steve move. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah.
0: yeah I know he has nothing on me, so...
2: Yeah, he you doesn't sure? follow you on Twitter anymore.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow! <laughs> wow! Wow! Here we are, <laughs> episode one. Here we go. <laughs> or it's uh, or TikTok. Yeah, but do you still make TikToks? Kidding. I love TikTok. <laughs> Big fan of TikTok. You released like forty-three TikToks in one day, and then I think you stopped. <laughs> <laughs> I. I was losing my mind
1: for a little bit there. (laughs) I I just, we weren't able to do any podcasts. Uh, There was not like it was still the lockout, so there I couldn't make. I could there was nothing to fucking talk about, so I was like, all right, I guess I'll, I'll hop on TikTok and see what's up. And uh, yeah, I probably posted like uh, there was like one, one week where I was like, all right, let's fucking rip. With this TikTok and see where we can get with it. And I feel like I just beat the game. It was like Star Fox. Like Star Fox, I can beat that in one sitting. And with TikTok, I feel like I just, I did it in one week and I, I probably got like 12,000 followers, but like I got like a couple of videos that went pretty, pretty viral. Like at one point I had 3,000 followers, but my videos were averaging like 75,000 views per video. So I was like, this is stupid. Like, like TikTok, I get it. So like the, uh, tommy garino do you know him he's he does like the boston tiktoks he's like 20 he's like 23 24 around there he's from east boston he makes like a lot of like boston tiktoks and we've gone out a couple times and people fucking swarm this dude it makes me now feel bad like it people no one was recognizing me everyone was going up to him so i was like tiktok is like it's the wave
2: yeah i it it doesn't make sense i didn't realize i have like 50 followers right now and my videos get like 1500 which like the ratio of views to following exists on tiktok like nowhere else on the internet Mm -hmm. like everywhere else on the internet you have to build up a following to get views but not on tiktok
1: it's because they have the best algorithm tiktok has Mm -hmm. the best algorithm do you know it's the, just like oh you like this here's a video that you'll like it doesn't matter yeah. if this person has three followers they made a video that you'll like and we know that because we've hacked your phone and we've been do, in your phone for three years
2: yeah but do you know the uh like the tiktok uh algorithm conspiracy it's not even a conspiracy. What, the seven it's second true. thing no it's uh like in in uh, i think it's i think in china like the algorithm of tiktok is designed differently to give you like videos to make you smarter It's like stuff that like is like very creative and very informative and like entertaining and stuff. But the algorithm for the American TikTok or like the North American TikTok or whatever gives you the stupidest, dumbest, fucking shittiest videos that you could possibly think of. Just a bunch of fucking half naked teenagers dancing to make us stupider. That makes sense. I mean that's that's it's diabolical. China to do. It's absolutely diabolical.
1: Yeah. I mean it makes sense it makes sense why my videos do so well. It's like here's a <laughs> dumb fucking thing. Check this fucking idiot out. You will learn nothing from this. Check it out.
2: <laughs> this will TikTok make TikTok is dumb. legitimately advanced warfare. Mhm. I love it. <laughs> Same. I mean, it's it's bad.
1: It's better for me. It's better
2: for me. It's so funny that here's this thing that's designed to make you dumber and like lead to the downfall of America. And Jared's like, hell yeah, baby, I love fuck yeah, dude.
1: (laughs) Yeah, let's game the system. Yeah, like six hundred eleven point five thousand views, one point four million views, eighty nine point five thousand views. Like these videos just blow up, and like I have. I have eleven point seven thousand followers and about three hundred thousand likes on my videos. That makes
2: absolutely zero sense.
1: But whatever. I don't care.
2: We're a TikTok podcast. Let's go.
1: Yeah, we're a fucking (laughs) That's the new name of the podcast. We can't call it what we want to, so it's called Socks Talk, but the talk is spelled T O K. (laughs) <laughs> mm. oh baby <laughs> here
0: mm-hmm. come the listeners <laughs> here they are
1: oh yeah um all right uh any oh wait it's gonna say stop and shop look ahead brought to you by stop and shop uh here it is okay yeah Opening day, which was yesterday, but it's rained out, so it's really today. So get excited, folks, because opening day is today, uh, Friday, the 8th. Nathan Avaldi versus Garrett Cole. And then on Saturday, you have Nick Pavetta versus Luis Severino. I thought he was dead. I legitimately was like, this dude is still trying to play baseball. Incredible. Uh, And then on Sunday, that's Sunday Night Baseball. Tanner Houck versus Jordan Montgomery. Opening it up with a three game set against the New York Yankees in the Bronx. Red Sox last year were 10 and 9 against the Yankees with a plus one run differential. So that was just pretty evenly matched. And normally for the stop and chop look ahead, I would I would go into some some numbers. Um but I it's a it's a brand new season. I don't I don't want to harp too much on numbers as it pertains to uh referencing 2021 when we're now in 2022 but I will say that Garrett Cole had his worst ERA and whip since uh he was with Pittsburgh in 2016 last year which was tough. Uh the last time the Red Sox saw Garrett Cole he was uh uh he left after two innings in the wild card game allowing six base runners, three runs and two homers. Yikes. It's a shame. The curveball got lit up, 15.7% usage. Opponents hit 299 with a 483 slug. Damn. For Pete's sake. You really hate to see that. The crazy part about Garrett Cole last year is that he was supposed to be good, but the Yankees were actually 16 and 14 in the games that he pitched, including going two and three in the final five games, which actually cost him the Cy Young Award, which would have been his first. He's actually never won the award for best pitcher in the league. He's never won that. And
2: that's a shame
1: yeah he did face the red sox four times last year uh went two and two with a 491 era which tyler i believe is bad yeah very bad yep and then a 1.5 whip so yeah a lot of traffic um pitched 22 innings against the red sox gave up 24 hits (laughs) gave up 12 earned runs five homers yikes Not great. Second half in the season, which I believe, Tyler, uh, second half of the season is kind of when they
3: crack down on uh, uh, sticky substances. Yes. When he uh, started sobbing, basically about to Mm -hmm. cry. And now, you know, new teammate Josh Donaldson, his new buddy, basically Mm -hmm. exposing him to the media and kind of calling him out for the spin rate changes. So, you know, Mm -hmm. things are really nice in that clubhouse right now. You can see that the chemistry is really flowing. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, second half of the season last year, Garrett Cole made twelve starts, went seven and four with a four point one four ERA and a one twenty eight WHIP. And uh, in his September, so he finished strong though. Six starts in September, he had a five one three ERA and a one thirty eight WHIP. And Yankee fans will tell you that he was hurt. Um, that's fine, but he was also no longer cheating, and that's why he was not good. Um, so predictions for this weekend's three game set. Red Sox Yankees Jake, socks in a sweep. I got a sweep too, uh, Pat.
3: Sweep.
2: Okay, sweep. Uh, Pete. Yeah, I think it's a uh, sock sweep. Okay, Tyler.
3: I can't. I can't go against the ship. I'm going sweep here. How could I? Okay, <laughs> <come> yeah, three <laughs> three games sweep. <laughs> Easy.
1: The three game sweep in the Bronx for the Red Sox. Wow. Love that. Across the board. Um, all right, yeah. I, I don't know what the fuck this show is called. Uh thanks for <laughs> for uh coming on over to the new Red Sox podcast that we have. Uh as soon as we know what we're allowed to call it or what we have to call it because we're not allowed to call it certain things, I'll let you know. But in the meantime, it's just that fucking Red Sox podcast. So thank you for for listening. And uh we'll be back. On Monday, right, Jake? Yeah, Monday after the Yankee series. Yeah, Monday after the yeah, because Sunday night baseball. All right, so it'll be a fucking Sunday night recording. Perfect. All right, Monday Monday morning, you'll have that that your that fucking Red Sox podcast. Can't wait. It'll be really fun. All right, have a great weekend. Go Sox.
0: Buenos noches, amigos.